Hi there. Um, just a quick message before we get into the episode. We've been doing a show on Patreon called After Dark at the Movies, where the After Dark Network team get together and watch a film. And it's like a book club, but for films, and we discuss them. Uh, it's some great work and we've just done an episode for a kind of Christmas season where we watched Jingle All The Way and we thought it was hysterical. So if you haven't ever checked it out because you've not become one of our Patreons, then now's a great time to do so. Uh, if you fancy it, go to patreon.com forward slash dark, and that supports all the shows that we do on the After Dark Network. So cheers and a Merry Christmas. Hello and welcome to Diz After Dark, a Disney podcast of grown-ups that's not the same as all the others. Each episode, we'll discuss the latest news from both inside and outside Disney parks and resorts, but with an adult twist. All views and opinions are our own, and listener discretion is advised. Please lower your safety restraints, as things may get bumpy. But if you're ready, we'll get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I'm Nick and on this week's episode I am joined by the Scouse Wonder Kid known as Craig. Ah, uh, yeah. And also by Prince Ryan. Hello. Is he, is he from Walking? Yeah. I've oh, just come back from Pizza uh, Express. Yeah, exactly. He went He went on a, on a day trip. See if he could sweat in there or not. He's back. Um, because, what what going, because what's going on with Prince Andrew, right? Do you think Disney are going to cancel all the princes now? Because um, let's I mean, be I honest, think, I think the Prince culture is dead. Then princesses, some of them princesses are like 16 and 14 and all that, and the princes are riding in on their horses. Well, I, I don't actually think Disney's version of any fairy tales are like that anyway. I think they're always appropriate. Well, you prove it. I don't um, have to. But Prince Culture's, Prince, Con- Prince, Prince Culture's dead, so I wouldn't worry about it. And for the first time in a long time, um, we are, as I said in the chat group chat that no one picked up on, we're uh, Tony Paulis. Because that's a play on, on Tony Tony Paulis. Anyway, um, there's no calls. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I'm get that Tony. either. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, how funny do I have to be for you to get the jokes? Jesus is with us, though, because he's everywhere. But carry on. He is. Look busy. <laughs> Speaking of looking busy, we need to start this podcast we do each and every week. I mean, this is the worst, but, you know. Um, but by what everybody's drinking. And I've got a special drink, which if you're in the Facebook group, you've seen already. But, Craig, what are you drinking? Bud Light. Ryan's favourite drink. I've just oh, listened to his, to, to theme park <laughs> there this morning. And it I, tastes like piss. howling. I love it. So you get 14 gallons of this for seven quid. What's not to like? I see people call me a basic bitch. I mean, come on. You are. Not so a beer. Craig. But Craig is as well. I drink fucking tapes, me, mate. Do we swear on this one or not? Well, you've, you've <laughs> sworn twice late. already, so it's too late for that, mate. Ryan, what are you drinking? I've just got water. Oh, oh my God. Are you having a, um, a, the decorators in, Ryan? I'm on a post-America diet. Oh, for God's sake, Craig. Right. I am drinking um, a galactic pale ale called the Original Stormtrooper. 
and on the tin, on the can, are pictures of proper stormtroopers. It's actually called uh, the website's originalstormtrooperbeer.com, and uh, it's under license by Shepperton Design Studios. So, who designed the original suit? So, where, where do you get see. that from? Hang on, hang on. There we go. Um, where did I get it from? Uh, home bargains? No way. Tesco is by the looks of it. One pound fifty. One pound fifty a can. It's only a small can though. It's only a three thirty. How strong is it? Uh, uh, Four point two percent. Oh. <laughs> right, Four point two. Does it That's taste nice, of Stormtrooper Wee? No, it tastes, tastes quite nice, actually. Sugar puffs? No, I'll just move that away from the Mac so I don't get this one ruined as well. And um, we've done the drink. So let's move straight over to the news from inside the parks. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys to find great prices for your next Disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Dis After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. So, Craig, I know that you had a little something you wanted to talk about, so I'm going to let you go first. Because well, it's the beginning of December. Some of our happiest times together, Nick, were spent uh, for the last 40 minutes of our trip two years ago, three years ago, in Jock Lindsay's bar. It's very true. We looked at each other in the eyes. Um, you agonised about buying a drink, and then you didn't. Well, you bought the drink, but not the cup. Uh, I yeah. think we had we had some wings. Um, I remember? Did we not? No, I don't were think you... I don't think we did have food. You were still a meat eater there, though, weren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mm. think I'm sure we didn't get food. I'm sure, okay. we didn't get food. So, from November the 29th, um, Jock Lindsay's Holiday Bar is debuting. So, a few days ago now it's been live, so there'll be pictures on on uh, the socials and all that. And basically, they're just cashing in on Christmas. So you can go there and you can have Christmas cocktails, some Christmas food. I, and I'm not going to go through everything. You can go and find it all yourselves. But if you want to scroll down, have you got the website up? Do you want me to get it up? Send it to you that quick. I just want you to pick a cocktail each, because I know the bear reviews like, do like a bit of um, cock and tails. Cock and tails, cock and tails, cock and tails. If you want, where's the, where's the link? Oh, there it is. Yeah, and right, it's down the bottom of the page. There's about six cocktails. Okay, let's have a look. Do, 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 do. I mean, the food looks pretty good as well. Oh, the food Hang looks... on, what the hell is that? Which one? The one which is a bowl of ugly, bombs? ugly sweater, sweeter bread. Yeah, cinnamon smear brioche and eggnog icing adorned with holiday light decorations. This it looks is... an absolute mess, by the way. 
this is Ryan's kryptonite. He'll be stabbing his it, little belly. Stabbing my uh, slightly larger than little belly. <laughs> With his magic sword of life. <laughs> which keeps him um, sober turns him into the flash when you go drinking with him it does it's the one good thing about having diabetes oh um, I wish I'm... I had diabetes <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird a weird take um I uh, I think <laughs> I'm just thinking about Todd oh. how many times are you going to crash his car um I, I would have gone for a Santa hat mojito, which is Bacardi, grenadine, mint leaves, simple syrup, <laughs> lemon lime foam garnished with a candy cane. But then I looked at Jock's holiday nog. Oh, I'll go for that. <laughs> Tito's handmade vodka, Frangelico, which is a is hazelnut that Tito, is, is that Tito out of the Jackson 5? No, it's um, Tito Santana, a.k.a. He- El Matador. Is he just making vodka now in his garage? Sure. Into Jackson songs. Not doing anything else, is he? French French is hazelnut, isn't it? I've not got that wrong. I'm sure it's a hazelnut liqueur. Uh, Rum charter, vanilla creamer, and garnished with a red sugar rim. That sounds delicious. If if I'm honest, I'd be ordering one of each of these. Have you seen Cinnamon Bells? Yeah. This is what... It's got knob cheese in. Knob cream. Knob cream. Knob cream. Fireballs as well. Yeah, fireballs. It's like, what does it come out in? A big and big dong. Yes. It's got cream in it. And then it's got a golden sugar rim. All flashbacks to me wedding night. I mean, that is is made to be taken the piss out of by a Brit right there. No No one British is ordering that drink seriously. No, they, they're laughing at every ingredient, pretty much. Yeah. There's a white Christmas margarita as well, but to be honest, it sounds like there's too much cranberry in that for me. I don't mind cranberry, Christmas, but... Well, it just sounds like a cup of vomit. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that looks good. I think, I think there's, the desserts at least look interesting. I mean, that sweeter bread looks weird AF, but they all look pretty cool. Um, and it says as well, there's going to be a secret dessert menu Ooh. as well. So I don't know what... Oh, it's only a wee bag of Charlie. <laughs> I don't think Frank, Frank McAvenny runs Jock Lindsay's. <laughs> but there you go. There's a reference that about 2% of the, the podcast audience will get. But, mind. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think that looks cool. I, I like it when somewhere like that does something a little bit out of the uh, out of the blue. Yeah, well, it runs yeah. through to the 5th of January, so get yourself down there. Send us personally some pictures on the Twitters and whatnot. Yeah. Of you I'm surprised that Disney didn't invite me, to be honest. I mean, I am well known for being Jock Lindsay's number one fan. I, I can't believe they haven't invited me out. Is this a throwdown between you and Nick? It's no throwdown. I won. I... I think Nick's the number one fan. Of what? Jock Lindsay. What, the the, the, the bar? We yeah. all liked it. I mean, we both liked it, but no, I mean... Oh, uh, Nick's shit out. Ryan's, Ryan's <laughs> been there more, Ryan's been Ryan there more times. Again. 
So, that's all I'm saying. I'm getting on Ryan's boat now. Whatever. Whatever. Um, Ryan, do you want to... Do you want to go next? If not, I have got some stuff to talk about. I mean, we, is, is Catherine Powell Parks news? I suppose it is, isn't it? I couldn't decide, but yes, we need to talk about it. I mean, so today, well, yesterday, I suppose, I think she put out a, a message on LinkedIn that pretty much confirmed that she was fired from Disney. I mean, she didn't explicitly say, but you can't really more explicitly say than what she said. So yeah, her quote was... Of... Oh, okay, you've got a quote. Brilliant. I've got a quote, yeah. So uh, she says, Apparently, Walt Disney himself said, you may not realise it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. I can't, grat- I can't say gratitude was front of mind when it happened, but some weeks after learning I was leaving Disney, I can reflect with immense appreciation on the opportunities and experiences afforded to me and my family. So she was given the boot. I mean, that is not what you... That's not the expression from somebody who, you know, has left of their own accord or has decided that they want to go and try something else. I mean, she's been there for 15 years, I think she said. 15 and a half years, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 15 and a half years at a company like that is a long time. Um, It's pretty much a long time. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any other way that you can read it. Uh, she was definitely pushed out. Is sure she just hasn't had a kick in the teeth? I mean, she could. She, have. I mean, she, she might, might play rugby. I don't know. Um, but I mean, the thing is, you know, we we knew more about her because she did a great job at Disneyland Paris, and it was that that kind of led her to getting this this last promotion slash position. Yeah. Um. You know. And then Bob Bob Chappett's given in the boot. Yeah, and I it's mental. You... The whole situation's mental, and I, I, it for me, it just Bob Chappett is the stain of Disney right now in my in my eyes. He's just how he's still got a job is beyond me. How anyone in upper management can believe the nonsense that Catherine Powell had anything to do with, you know, the rumors flying around that Galaxy's Edge was low attendance, all that kind of thing. The stuff that she and... did for for Paris was incredible yeah she made she made a very big impact in in not much time and a, a very important to paris and it's why i think it's it's disgusting that she's gone completely is that she was bilingual mm. you know she didn't learn french for for that role she like learned french at a younger age but what was good whenever you saw her at disneyland paris is that she would talk in both english and french um, and, and and would take time to talk to fans who actually wanted to speak to her and talk to her about the parks and the concerns that they had. Both languages as well. I right. mean that that's quite a talent. Um, and you know you just got that impression that she cared. Hundred percent. In a short space, she made a big difference. And Galaxy's Edge was well into development, well into construction before she even got put into that new position. So whether you, and I know that Galaxy's Edge is dis, um, is dividing people in terms of like how good or, or not that it is, but you cannot blame that on her. She's inherited that. That's like somebody borrowing your car, crashing it, and then giving you the keys and running off and saying it's your problem. 
That's, yeah. that's what it's and like. Her, it's, her, it's mental. It's ridiculous. Her, and her firing was like a few days after Bob Iger was saying they need to hire more um, women in senior management. It's like you, you just can't make the shit up. No. No, absolutely bizarre. I so, think, to be honest, for me, Bob Chappick's like, oh, the fans will like this person. They don't like me. She's a bit of a threat. Let's try and pin something on her. That's that's from an outsider what it looks like. And you could you could well be right. You could well be right. I I don't know, but some there was definitely some foul play there, and she shouldn't have gone, and she's gone. So no, I I'm very gutted about the. I think she could have taken Disney's park certainly in the west, which is where she was in charge of to a very, very good level over the next few years. And it's a, it's a real shame that we've lost someone. That, as you said, Nick, cares so much about the fandom. Yeah, that, that's, that's it for me. That, that's what I, I find the most disappointing aspects of it. And the, and the thing is, if you go and watch that, um, well, sorry, not if you watch, if you go and read that post that she did on, on LinkedIn and it's in our Facebook group, um, you know, that is somebody that oozes class and being a professional in spite yeah. of the way that she has been no way of saying it tossed out of the company. Um, you know, she has not, she's been very professional about it. Um, it's, it's a really good positive post um, with some tips on there as well. I think like life lessons. Um, and yeah, just it, all that shows me is that wherever she goes next, uh, you know, I, I believe she will do fantastically and it will be a, a big loss to Disney. Um, Universal, if you're listening, get her involved. I was going to say, let's hope it's Universal Orlando. Yeah, get you know, you've got a third gate opening up. Get her involved. That's my advice. Her and Aiello, the dream team. Um, but yeah, yeah, real shame, but uh, classy till the end. 100%. Actually, there's another thing. Oh, she was doing, she did a tour, didn't she? She, she toured the parks mm. to say goodbye to people before she left. She went and visited all the parks that she was involved in. Yeah. Again, really classy. Which I'm sure she didn't have to. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't of part not. of her, her contract at all. She genuinely, again, some of the photos of people that uh, taken with her recently in Paris, still having time to chat to people, even though she wasn't going to be in a job in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, right. I we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, um, but it looks like we've got a rough opening now for Space Two Twenty, and it looks like February. Oh, so uh, not this year then? No, no. I, I, I think we knew it was going to be into next year from the last post because they were, they just started advertising jobs when we last talked about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, it looks like it's, it's going to be a, a February launch at this rate. Um, but they're going to be doing breakfast, lunch and dinner. I think they've got to, haven't they? What, because of the lack of restaurants there? It's just got to maximise it. It's, it's costing a lot. Just fill it, Gary. By, by having three, Three set things. It, they can spread out the um, the, the demand for it, can't they? So it should be a bit more of a level playing field. Yeah, but you know that doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Space a space themed restaurant is not 
where I would necessarily want to go to for breakfast. Depends if they make a film and tie it into a movie. What do you mean? Well, just create a, a movie in space and have a restaurant in it. And that'll get people going. Maybe, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, but they've got to do that before the restaurant opens, Craig. No, they haven't. They've already said um, some Star Wars movies are going to be skirted around Galaxy's Edge. Mm, I think that bud's already going to your head. Just, just um, based on that uh, Futurama episode where they're having a, a meal in that revolving restaurant. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, being no, Futurama no. is, is so over, overrated, but still you fight to get in there, don't you, for the, for the, the breakfast and the lunch and the sit-down meal. It'll be fine. It'll spread out. Yeah, but yeah, but Craig, you're talk, you're comparing an IP based restaurant to a thing restaurant. It's something new in Disney. All the Disney geeks, nerds, and everybody will flock to it like they I, always I, do. I agree because everyone wants to be the first blogger, vlogger, yes. podcaster to be on it. But what happens once they've had their press day? Um, it'll then it'll be full of fake people telling you how amazing the croissant was that you just uh, or the, the freeze dried croissant essence that you just eaten in space was. I mean, look, effectively, if my food if my food doesn't come floating towards me, then I'm not interested. I mean, the thing is, right? You, could, I, I, for me, I'm comparing this to what I think is one of the most intuitive. An incredible theme park restaurants, which is the, the theme park restaurant in Alton Towers, the roller yeah, coaster restaurant, the roller coaster one, yeah, yeah, amazing, really cool. And you know what? I didn't expect it from a British theme park. It was great. And if Disney can't have something like that, but in space, then they're going wrong. So, looking at the artist's impression of it, does it not remind you a little bit of? Like it certainly does to me of of like being on a cruise ship. Does anyone else get that vibe? Yeah, I just thought I'd see how long I could stay silent. <laughs> you almost like the emergency broadcast. <laughs> um, Radio. Yeah, and it's very... I mean, like, I, just, I just don't think it looks... Uh, you know, obviously, the views out the window are going to be you being in space, that's impressive. But the actual restaurant itself just looks like a bog-standard restaurant. There seems to be nothing fancy about it. And going on what Ryan was talking about there with the, the roller coaster restaurant at Orton Towers, that's got a nice gimmick. The gimmick here seems to be video windows. Yeah. yeah they're going to have to really blow, blow out of the water. I, I can, if I want to look at a screen, I can go on Mission Space. Um I think they have to do something more interesting than just the, the, the view slowly changes. You know, there's Garden Grill, it revolves. Yeah, and you know what? I'd rather see Living With The Land than I would uh, a screen. So, I don't know. I, I, if the food's mind-blowing then I'll and the reviews are great, then I'll, I'll probably go there, but I'm not going just to see a screen. You, you'll know if it's a success or not, whether they introduce character dying. If it's dying on its arse, don't be surprised if the characters aren't incorporated into the onto the screen in the background. So Mickey Mouse floats past, and then he comes in 
and he's wearing a spacesuit, spacesuit Mickey, and he comes and meets you. No, Craig. If this becomes a character restaurant, character dining experience, it's going to be frozen. And it's going to make no sense at all because they haven't got one. So, but... Frozen 3 in space. (laughs) Frozen in space, which is actually what would happen. You would be frozen in space. That's well, true, everyone yeah. freezes in space now, and if you do it in all the films now, somebody always gets frozen in space now. Well, Guardians I th- of the I Galaxy. Think, I think people yeah. have always got frozen in space, Craig. I don't think that's, I don't think that's changed. No, but it never used to be in the old-fashioned movies in space. But in all the new movies in space, everyone gets frozen. Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Leia Poppins, Poppins yeah. Y'all, yeah, and all that jazz. Um, but... I think this this restaurant is it's basically getting put together from leftover stuff from the new Star Wars hotel because that is going to be a, another screen based mm. attraction basically. So they've got a job, lots of screens, um, and they're not afraid to use them. I mean, dare I say, be our guest is a screen based attraction because outside it's got the windows, hasn't it? What what are they? Where it's snowing yeah. and stuff. You know, so I have to say that's like... done. In, that's done in quite a, a, a nice, subtle way. Where, whereas the the restaurant itself is decorated very well when you compare it to the film. But I, I have a feeling with this restaurant, it's it's the appeal is to screen. That's it. Like, I'm sure the food will be okay, but unless it's out of this world, then uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's a t-shirt for you. Um, what I will say, though, is when you go on something like the Hogwarts Express, which is, looks like it's a television sellotape to the outside of your train, um, them screens are already shot to pieces, and a lot of the universal screen-based attractions don't stand up to um, repeated use. They get tired and, and blurry and scratchy very, you know, after a couple of years of constant use. So Disney are going to have to keep on top of these screens. And it will be just a case of unscrewing it and putting a new screen in. But you've got to make sure that the, the proper HD, proper 8K or whatever they use, 16K, I don't know, whatever it is, but it's got to be IMAX or something fucking amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't experience it, but Ryan experienced issues on... Um... Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run, yeah. Oh, man. With the screens. It, was, it ruined it. Yeah. L- luckily, it wasn't my first time, but it, it stopped and started. Um, yeah. Like, jutted a few times, and two months in, that is unacceptable. Yeah. Did they, did they not um, embarrass, you know, be embarrassed and give you an express pass or a fast pass to get, go straight back in? No. Or, or did they just tilt their head to one side and go, oh. Didn't see any cast member on the way out, funnily enough. You don't. Oh. You don't see cast members on the way out. Because there's no glasses or anything like that, so you don't see anybody. You just walk out in a corridor out out back, don't you? Really? Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. So I'm not surprised you didn't. But yeah, I think if they knew, they might have done something. But they're not going to do anything. I could have gone to guest services and complained, but you know that's that's 45 minutes out of my day. Exactly. It's, for a fast pass, it's I, just not worth it, is it? I sent him a tweet and said, "Look, you need to sort this out." Um, just mainly for people that had never been on it before. You know, I, I was annoyed, but I wasn't completely... If it had been my first time, I would have been really like, what the hell? But... So, 
that'll do for that. But uh, opening on the 20th of March, I don't think there was a, a date announced previously, um, but I know it's, it's slightly outside the park, but Cirque the Slave's new show will be opening in Disney Springs. Well, it's actually I not what, officially actually... open. It's not actually officially open until the 17th of April, but previews begin on the 20th of March. Next year. I'm actually interested in this. I, yeah. I know that, um, yeah. I'm not. I know it's that so... I probably won't go, but I know that um, Dan's going. He's booked it, I think, already. It's Tickets range from $62 up to $152. I'm not sure how that compares with... Lanuba, I did go and see Lanuba, but that was back in 2007, I think. So I can't remember what the prices were for it then. Um, but obviously the difference between Lanuba and this new show is that uh, it's going to be uh, themed around Disney animation. Which I, I always thought draw. was... Well, that, that, that's the thing that I didn't like about Lanuba is the fact that it was a Cirque du Soleil, it was just a, a Cirque du Soleil show. And yeah. yes, it was exclusive to, to Disney, but there was nothing Disney about it. And I couldn't work out why there was nothing at all. It just didn't seem to make sense to me, especially when Cirque du Soleil, especially of late, have been really, well-known for their theme shows. You know, they've got that touring one at the moment of um, Avatar, haven't they? That was over in the UK recently. Um, they had, the, well, they've, they've had the Michael Jackson touring one and we've got a Michael Jackson one that's permanently in Vegas. Um, they had an Elvis one in Vegas. You know, they've, they've, they've done quite a few themed shows. Is the Beatle one still in Vegas? Yep, that's still there. The Mirage, yep. Uh, and that's been there for quite a while now. So I didn't understand why it was just a bog standard Cirque du Soleil show. So mm -hmm. I think this is good. There's a behind the scenes video of them preparing some of the, um, the, the parts of the show. Cause if you've never been to Cirque du Soleil show, it's, it's kind of loads of little sequences. So they'll bring out props and they'll have people that are trapeze artists or are acrobats. And they will do a, a piece to music, and then they'll 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 go off, and some new people will come in and do another routine. So you get some behind the scenes footage of that, but you don't get any idea of the costume. You don't get any idea of really how they're going to integrate Disney into this. But it is very much being talked about as a Disney inspired show. So I, I think, think it's it good. Be, I think so. I think it's a good thing because I went to the one in London that wasn't themed or anything, and my god, it was shit. Yeah, see, we saw we went to see Lanuba at the same the same trip that we saw Blue Man Group, mm. and I thought Blue Man Group blew it out of the water. My wife didn't agree, but I just found it more entertaining. So, um, I I think this can only be a good thing. I yeah, yeah I mean, considering the last big thing they opened was the NBA experience, and that's not been the slam dunk that they'd hoped. <laughs> Boom, Ching, oh. you are on a really you shit roll this week. Fire. Was, <laughs> was that open when you went? Uh, yes, it was, and I wasn't even tempted. What, I, now, I listened to your trip report, and 
Wait, did you have to pay to get in? Yes. Yeah, you have to pay to get in, yeah. What on what do you get in return? You just get to do the attractions. Oh right. Basically like shoot some hoops. Oh. I think it's fancy it's slightly fancier than shooting some hoops, but it looked shit. It's no no one's going to it. No like they're, they're even giving cast members free tickets now, which is a sign that it's completely fallen on its ass. Yeah, because they wouldn't be doing that otherwise. But at the same time, this could be this could be the anchor that it needs because I mean that side of Disney Springs is dead. You know, yeah, that's but, where yeah, they're building new restaurants. It, that's why they took away D Street and replaced the Star, Star Wars, Wars and Marvel shop there. They're, they're really bad. So there, there I is don't nothing, understand. When when D Street was there, I mean, obviously I was big into Vinylations, and you go in there and you could buy it. Anything you wanted, you could. Uh, they also had uh, custom animations that you could buy that were really cool. But also, they had things that they weren't really doing too much in the parks, like licensed T-shirts. From yeah, this trip was different... great. Yeah, and you get like you you get T-shirt designs that you wouldn't find anywhere else on Disney because they were um, a little bit off-brand compared. Yeah. You know, they were, they were more hot topic than than Disney. Um, so that, that shop was always fun. And then you just turn it into a generic shop, which sells the same merchandise you can buy it in any other shop in the park. It just seemed pointless. Yeah, and so the that, Marvel shop oh, and soul shops now, it's, it's, mo- it's mostly kids' clothes as well, which is just, it's just bonkers. I don't understand. I, no. I get the mix of both. It makes perfect sense. But again, they're just T-shirts that I can buy in World of Disney. So what's the point? Yeah, it's taken away the it being something individual. Like that... What you need is destinations. And the thing is, when you had Circus Slave there before, you know, people would go there to see the show and then they're in that area. So then they might do a bit yeah. of shopping or whatever. But you need to have an anchor there. I mean, at the moment, what's the only thing that probably draws people down there? House of Blues? Well, I suppose you've got the cinema, I guess. Split well, yeah, feels that's, like that's, if you want to be ripped off by... Yeah, but both of those are at the top of that. Yeah. Aren't they? They're right at that that kind of junction of that, where that starts. Yeah, they're kind so, of right at the edge. Yeah, whilst all the you know, NBA experience and uh, Star Wars, that's that's further down. And you're only going to venture down there if you've got a reason to, because it just looks dead. You've got construction all along one side. Serious question, boys. I'm listening. Oh, God. Can you drink gin and Pepsi Max? Well, Craig's about to find out. Yeah. What kind okay. of gin is it? Oh, Aldi's own brand. Yeah, you'll be fine. Oh, you'll be fine if it's a normal gin. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on mute, and I'll see you in a sec. So, I also, that we, you know, we are now literally days away. In fact, what day are we recording this? Second, so we are three days away from the launch of Rise of the Resistance, and I don't know, Ryan, if you saw the the advert they played the other day for it. I, I did, yeah, I did. I mean, I still think it looks spectacular. I yeah, I agree. I think it looks amazing. I hope it's... this is where they put all their money. Yeah. I mean, I do, there has been some, some naysayers about it, but there was nothing in the footage that I thought looked awful. 
No, and, really, and even like really the naysayers, no one, no one actually like blogging wise or anything has written it yet. So I know no. the press, the press day I think is either today or tomorrow, possibly, possibly even Wednesday. So no, no like theme park blogger. Or, what is that? <laughs> no one's written it yet. So I, I think. The naysayers are like I don't know what they're basing it on, whether the class members seen parts of it or whatever. But I think this it's still it's still open. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Go on, carry on, boys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean we're gonna get more of an idea once the you know, people have written it, right? I have seen that people have written it. Okay. But I think anyone that's ridden it so far is embargoed. Yes. But there definitely have been, because I know that there's been a breakdown on it, at least one breakdown. Right. So, I mean, we, look, also... it's to be expected, right? Before, before anyone even complains about that, right? We've, we've seen with every major launch of an attraction recently, in fact, ever, that rides break down. You know, Forbidden Journey when it first opened had breakdowns quite often. Um, when uh, Hagrid's opened a few months ago, broke down all, all the time. Still um, still not it's still not operating. No, not fully. Uh, Smuggler's Run had some issues, although I would say the downtime on that is actually pretty good for a new attraction and possibly because of the amount of... Um, Rooms that they've Let, got for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but well, I mean, it's no, just startles. Yeah, but it's it's to be expected, right? It's to be expected. So I'm not even letting that phase me too much. Uh, BB8 looked great. It looks like they've taken that kind of idea, of Rocket Raccoon from um, Mission Breakout, and kind of you know re- rethemed it. Um, yeah, I just, I just, what, what I saw of it, I thought looked really, really interesting. But at the same time, I think Disney have made a little bit of a potential boo boo in that they've kind of given away the end of the attraction. Oh, what the gift shop? No, no, that's the end end. I mean, the actual end of the attraction itself. Um, they've revealed what happens. Oh. At the end of it. In in terms of what happens to you at the end of the attraction, or what happens to the vehicle. Oh, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, you know, I that that's a little bit of a I think a bit of a shame because that you're you're going to be expecting something now to happen. Um, but but that's the only negative. And because I'm not going to be going back there anytime soon, I will be sitting there reloading YouTube until the first blogger, vlogger, sticks their video up on there of the ride through. I'm hoping to get over there um, next September for a weekend for Halloween Horror Nights, and my days will be Disney. So I'm, I'm hopefully, hope, hopefully going to ride it next September. Yeah, so you might want to hold off a little bit. Do you think with them, like, putting out too much information, they're actually uh, reacting to the negative 
side of this launch to this land, which I don't think it's been negative at all. I think every mm. time I've what what were they expecting? Were they expecting people to be queuing up for days on end to get in like they have been the hybrids? I mean, they've only been doing that because it's been breaking down. Oh, let me tell you that the queue for Smugglers Run uh, one morning when I went to Hollywood Studios was into Toy Story Land, and, and this was during a, a not a particularly busy week, so it was ridiculous. I mean, I just walked past them and went on single rider. More for them, I mean. But- it, yeah, it was into Toy Story Land. There was there was footage of the opening of Potter where people were walking out with armfuls of merchandise. And I know you did sp- splash out on your um, drinks, um, your, your your little flight thing. The Rancor, yeah, yeah, the Rancor yeah. flight, yeah, eighty five dollars. Uh, how much money did you actually spend in that land? Nothing outside of so the only other thing was I bought um, a, a drinks so the blue milk green milk and the cocktails that I bought in Ogre's Cantina. Outside of that, the merchandise is all terrible, in my opinion, because it's I not Star Wars merchandise. See, I, I I I can see both sides of that argument. I mean, what I liked about the merchandise in Galaxy's Edge is the fact that it was un- completely unique to there. Yep, I agree with you on that. Um, but no one's and, buying it. But it wasn't that interesting I, to me. Like I, I found, it, I was, sort of like the shops were busy and people were queuing up to buy stuff. So I disagree with you there, Craig. Um, but at the, I mean, my my problem with it because I thought, oh, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy that, was quite a plain looking T-shirt. Because all, like, so again, all the all the merchandise in there doesn't say Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Because that's like welcome to Batu or, or like yeah, Nine or whatever it is. Yeah, it's all it's all authentic to the land, so it's it's quite low key. And there was a t-shirt I liked, and I think the t-shirt was like forty dollars. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to spend that on a t-shirt. And I liked the Pog puppet, but that was like fifty dollars. And the little um, Sakura's cl- um, crumb. Scrum, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the one. Um, I think he was about fifty dollars as well. And I thought, mm. yeah, it's really cool, but I'm not going to play it once I get home. So, and, yeah, but that, this is sort of my point. When you went to Potter, that I'm not you specifically, but the, the opening <coughs> months of Potter, everything is a little bit more um, reasonably priced. So you could get the Beatties every flavor beans. You could get the chocolate frogs because yeah, they're but, only but, but 10, 12, that. $15. Yeah, but I, I was doing that there because we bought, as as Ryan said, you know, you go into Olga's Cantina and you're buying cocktails that you would, you know, we were spending $15, $20 on cocktails. Yeah, I wasn't going to be spending okay, that. So that's, that's your butter w- yeah. um, Whatever you say, I'm going to yeah, but Yeah, but how much? But, yeah, but butter beer was like $7. Like I was paying $15, $20 for a cocktail. Because I was in Old oh. Cantina and I was going to pay, you know, I was happy to pay that because of where I was. And the blue milk, I think, is what, about $8, Ryan, or something? Yeah. That side of the thing. And those little Coke bottles are what, about 5 or $6? Yeah. That is that is the pumpkin juice of yeah, but Galaxy's Edge. You, so a $40 t-shirt wasn't enough. It was a waste of money. What price point should it have been? For you to that you couldn't say no, you wanted that t-shirt, but it was too expensive. 
I, I mean, I, I think twenty five dollars, twenty five thirty dollars is, is the prices, kind of right. Yeah, the prices in there are crazy. Like, I mean, I, I think that this year Disney's t shirt prices have gone up anyway, and Galaxy's Edge is just yes, they worse. Yeah, they have. It's crazy. Our Greg's got a t-shirt outside Galaxy's Edge, obviously, because we were there too early. And it was um, a generic opening soon or something like that. Or I've been to Galaxy's Edge or something t-shirt. Yeah. And that that was what it was, 20 or $25. But it is wafer thin. It is like Mm. um, a $2 t-shirt that you get in Primark. Yeah, I mean, I think, I personally think that the T-shirts at Universal are better quality and a bit cheaper than Disney. Um, you, but, but you don't have the, the range that you do at Disney. That's different. I think you have to test, for, for me, like, I, I agree with you, Craig, that there's a lot of T-shirts at Disney that are pretty crappy. And I think you have to, you can very quickly see the ones that are going to last you are, are like $40 plus and... Yeah, Universal T-shirts kind of all feel like that, of that quality and they're cheaper price. I was lucky enough to go into the, uh, the, I can't, I'm, Chris is going to kill me for this. The, uh, the, the horror store, the tribute store. There you go. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, on its last day in November, uh, I just got a shit ton of T-shirts for super cheap. <laughs> it, they were like 50, 75% off. I wish you'd tell oh. me because there was a couple of T-shirts I wanted to pick up. But well, that, that was the that was the other thing I had with Galaxy's Edge is because I knew how much luggage I had with me, I also knew what I could bring back. And one of the things actually, which I thought was fairly reasonably priced actually, I did want to bring back were some of the wooden toys. Mm. And what I liked about those is they are the the toys that you do see in the films with the character like the kids play with. So. That was actually one of the better bits of merchandise they had, and I didn't buy them because, frankly, I wanted too many of them, and I didn't have the luggage space to bring them back. So that is so, something I would have bought had I had more luggage. We're in the Star Wars, um, the nine film saga. Is Galaxy's Edge currently set? Is it? Is it stuck on a time? Like Potter was launched um, at the Goblet of Fire. Hmm. And yeah. they, re- they realised, hold on a minute, we can't cash in on Christmas or anything else because we are in Goblet of Fire time zone. So they've done away with that by getting rid of the ride and and everything else. So now they're celebrating Christmas and whatever. So where in the world in is Galaxy's Edge? I'm assuming we're between like episodes seven or eight or episodes eight and nine. I I agree because you've got the resistance. Yeah, um, and so Ray I, is walking around, and Shuri is with her. So I, I assume it's after spoilers episode seven because you don't see Solo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's between eight and nine. Yeah. Seven that, and that, that's that's where I that's where I put it as well. So could they? Um, like obviously, this year is very much a beta year. So next Christmas, could they bring in Life Day? I I don't think they will ever bring in Life Day because, because the Mandalorian episode one references Life Day. It, it does reference Life Day, but I still think there's that stigma around. You know, Disney Disney own Lucasfilm, and you can still not see legally the 
Star Wars Holiday Special. Like, it's never been commercially available. And it's not Disney+. Plus. I mean, that would be a great addition on Christmas Day, I think, for that to come on. I mean, it is awful, but, you know, there is a certain charm to it. Um, I, I don't think they will. But going back to your question, Craig, about where it's set, you know, one of the rumours that the reason why this ride has been delayed to December and January over in California is because things happen in this attraction that are referenced in episode nine. Oh. So, I mean, and also as well, you can tell by the the Stormtroopers that we're talking about, you know, this trilogy's version of Stormtroopers, not the original trilogy Stormtroopers. Um, So I don't know how how true that is. And that's the only thing I need to know before I watch a video. Because if the attraction does (laughs) give away any plot points from episode nine, then I'm going to hold off until I've seen episode nine. Ray time. gets beheaded by Baby Yoda. <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to be episode end. nine. Um, He'll be a teenager. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's their version of Baby Groot. He's, he's cute with a baby, baby Groot. I never thought I'd say that. Um, the best shot is where he's just drinking the tea. That is... Oh, beautiful. Oh, absolutely incredible. Everything about Baby Yoda works for me. Absolutely everything. I saw today the uh, the prototypes for the um, the Funko that's coming out, the Funko Pop. Yeah, I wrote a blog post on it today. It looks pretty it cool. could be the best uh, pop ever made. It's yeah, it absolutely adorable. And it looks, because of the eyes on Baby Yoda and because of the eyes on Pops, it works perfectly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I don't want any episode nine spoilers. Um before I've seen the film. So uh, that's the only thing that's putting me off. You know, I said, I want to watch the video as soon as possible, but if it is spoilers, then I'm, I'm going to hold off uh, for a week. But um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think the problem is, is that they, they opened galaxy's edge in the summer because they wanted to get it open and they wanted to get it open at a time when it was going to be able to be busy at the same time when they opened um, the wisdom world, that was open the 4th of July weekend. You know, that had record crowds. They opened this up in August, which is when it starts to slow down ever so slightly. And I say ever so slightly, I mean, obviously August is still very busy, right? But... Yeah, well, that's why... July. That's when we go, generally, the last two weeks of August, because the Americans are starting to go back home. Um. We missed Galaxy's Edge by four days, mm. you know. And yeah. I think I think it's been a massive success. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. And I don't I don't think it's been a massive success, but I but again, I think Disney were probably expecting Wizarding World crowds, and they haven't had Wizarding World crowds. Wizarding World crowds are shit. I think there's some there's some things that they haven't done that. From in in my mind would have guaranteed them better crowds, but there we I, go. I, look, I think the biggest, I think the biggest thing. Done. Well, I think the biggest thing is Wisdom World. You were going as as Craig said, you was going to, um, you was going right into the films, right in uh, after the Goblet of Fire, right. So you had your whole kind of thing here. We are now, you know, Galaxy's Edge is on a planet we've never seen in a film with some yeah. familiar characters. So everything about it was new, and I think that was uh, its biggest plus because you could then mould it as you wanted to, but also the biggest negative for people. Because I, I tell you the other big problem. Sorry, go on. 
No, no, no. I was, I was, uh, I was just going to say, you know, had it been set on a planet with, with like a Tatooine, they'd have had a harder job recreating it because they'd have had, you know, had to make it look like it does in the films. Um, but from the the uh, casual Star Wars fan, it would be more recognisable. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think they thought the problem is they'd also have all the bloggers criticising it because they didn't include that one crack in a wall that they've seen in episode four. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, it's really tough. But I think that for me, the biggest thing is one thing I see still now, like last, a few weeks ago in Wizarding World, was people in robes with wands. That's not allowed in Galaxy's Edge. Um, and that's bonkers. And I'm talking adults as well as I am kids. It's, it, for me, it's just nuts. They're restricting, you know, they sell some of the costumes in there. You're not allowed to wear them. They, they sell lightsabers. You're not allowed to play with them. It, it's, it's all a bit mad, really. Whereas Universal yeah. have done such a clever thing where they sell these ones for crazy prices, the ones that are interactive, and they're encouraging you to play with it. And I get that Disney don't want people waving lightsabers around all, all, all over the place, but do what Universal have done. No one is waving their wonder out in the middle of the street. They're in I'm clear like, designated oh, areas. Ryan, I've just cracked it. Right. Disney, you can have this. And all I want is lifetime. Um, annual passes for my family. In Star Wars, you don't need a wand. You've got no. the force. Yeah. yeah. And your force is on your wrist. It's a magic band. Every single person in that park has got a magic band on. Or no. an annual pass, or a card. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop you, Craig, because no, you're, you're, almost, you're almost right. You're almost yeah, right. right. But you're, no, you're not. I'll tell you why. Because... As you say, everybody in that park has a magic band. So what are they buying? Instead, what you sell is a glove. No, so you look like yep. a nonce. No. Everyone's walking around like Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. no. Or, Mr. Jill. Sell, actually, actually, what you I was thinking sell, more... You sell a, an exclusive Galaxy's Edge magic band. No, not everything has to be a magic band. No, it, it does literally in Disney. It does. It literally doesn't. Because I didn't have a magic band, but, but if you get like, something, like think of Wars, what Luke about a web sh- No, no, no. Luke think about not wearing the glove only when he gets his think, hand chopped off. Right, there you go. Think about, gloves. think about something looking like a web shooter, right? Which no. Spider-Man wears, so it kind of like fits over your hand, right? It's not a glove, but it fits over your hand. No. Now, what you do is you sell that as something that allows you access to use the force. No. And Everybody has got $40, the $45, and We've you get that. We've all got metachlorians in us. We haven't. Will you just buy... Metachlorians? Whatever. <laughs> Is that what they're called? Mandalorians? Metachlorians. That's the fucking one. Right. You just buy an exclusive Galaxy's Edge magic band. Right? So it's a little bit more in tune with the local area and the environment that it needs to be. You know, like, uh, for the, the infrared and all that, for the, the, like, the wand tips, you've got to be very specific in in, in Potter to make the, the tricks work. You could be doing the force, left, right, and centre. It could be a slightly bigger magic band or whatever with a higher frequency or whatever, the, the way the Bluetooth works or whatever it is. But it would be genius if you could make a rock float and then it drops back down. You know, behind a, a glass window or whatever, or behind a, a bit of a fence. Be absolutely, imagine if you could lift your own X-Wing. 
Either way, I think $50, no, no way. You pay $100, and every person that pays that gets a little visit from someone like Ray or Kyle Ren, depending on what side you want to be on, and they will they will fit the device onto you and show you the way of the force and on your way. That, that yeah. is... I'm so you've got, for that. you've got one of them room situations where you've got lots and lots of whatevers, and you buy your thing, and it's like in Potter, where you go, and the wand picks the wizard, and all that palaver, yeah. which is shit, because you it's just got... You don't I've even got, need that. You don't even you do. need Ray. You don't even need Ray or, or um, Kylo Ren, right? You can just go Jedi or Dark Side, and you can just have somebody in Jedi robes. It doesn't even have to be a Star Wars character. Yeah, yeah. I know, but, but for a hundred dollars, they could charge a hundred dollars, and then that you know that guarantees that someone's paying that. Are you are you telling me if you if you were told you're going to like get trained by a Jedi? That's gonna, and you're gonna say, "Oh, well, I'm not paying a hundred dollars, and if it's just a Jedi, of course not. Of course, you're gonna pay it." You know, the one thing that does annoy me about the Wizarding World is that I'm, I, if I walk in there in my Slytherin robes, which I do have, I am looking at them now, and my wand, they still refer to me as a Muggle. I'm sorry, mate, I've paid for that privilege not to be called a Muggle. Yeah, I agree. Rude. And when I think it was the year me and Stuart went, and we went and got hot butter beer. Which you've never, strangely enough, you've never had. I think that we went in in October, and other, other times we've been in September. But we went to buy our hot butter beer, and the two wizards behind the desk were talking about Halloween Horror Nights. And the Wizarding World did used to be immersive, and it sort of still is, but they all used to have English accents. Or yeah, British they don't accents. Anymore. They don't anymore. They're just just people. They're just Americans, whatever they are, wherever they're from. But they are constantly pulling you out of the magic. I'll I'll give you that line. If you're if you are sweating your chunks off wearing Harry Potter robes as a Slytherin and they call you a muggle, you should be able to just punch them in the balls. <laughs> Bend over, I'll show you where this one's going. Yeah. Fucking out of order, that. Yeah, that, that, that's for, for me where, where it, it breaks a little bit. And and that has been allowed. That is one of the few minuses of Universal of late, because Universal's been knocking it out the park now for some years. But the Potter stuff has gone backwards and has been allowed to go backwards. So if you're listening... There's plenty of British people that would work over there for a, a year, no problem. Oh, yeah. I'd be boss, me. You could be a train driver. Hogwarts <laughs> oh, Express. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate trains. Now, the the <laughs> last thing about, uh, last thing I want to say about Rise of Resistance is that uh, it's not going to be part of Extra Magic Hours. Yeah, I saw it. first opens. Silly. So, bear that in mind. Well, I, there's, there's obviously reason for it. I reckon it's because of maintenance. Yeah, I was going to say it can't open that early. That was that's the only reason in my mind. Yeah, so it's not ready it to so it's not ready to open. So be prepared to queue. No, it's not. I don't think it's not that it's not ready to open. I think what they what they're doing that for is because this is going to be a, a ride that's going to have a lot of maintenance up for it, 
and they need to make sure that it's running properly, hence opening a bit later. But time will tell. We'll see, won't we? It's only only a few days till we find out if that's the case or not. Um, and I think that's enough park news. So I think, because we've been so long in the park, we should just go and have a quick look about what's going on outside of the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit HHNUnofficial.com. Right, so let's look at what's going on outside of the parks. And, uh, I mean, I think there's only one real big thing to talk about right now. Craig's pouring himself another Pepsi. <laughs> You um, saw me second gin and Pepsi Max. Jesus Christ. Um, and that is it's just the rivers. the enormous success of uh, Frozen 2. We knew right. it was going to break records. Tell us all uh, about it, Nick, because I don't know anything about it. Okay, well, look, first things first, I'll eat your brains. No, first things first is that I do a little podcast called Pop After Dark. So I don't talk about it very often because it is a very small podcast. It's, it's normally me when I've gone to cinema to uh, to review a, f- a film and I record it on the way to the cinema, talk about what I think uh, I'm going to get and then I uh, record a review on my way home from the cinema. And I saw Frozen 2 opening weekend and um, I wasn't I wasn't that keen on it. If I'm honest, I, I, I didn't have high expectations going in, but I just didn't think it was particularly good. I then re-watched it again this weekend with my wife and my daughter. And, um, and they've, they've told me, actually, that they are going to do a review of it on uh, probably Pop After Dark very soon. Yes. Um, but we we saw it together with some friends. And on the second watch, I actually enjoyed it uh, a lot more than I did the first time. Um, I thought the songs were better when I listened to them again. Um, and I think the film was probably funnier than I remembered it being the first time. I think I, when I first saw it, it was a Sunday afternoon. I was a little bit tired. I hadn't had my nap. So I, I think that kind of... Um, well, put me in you went in... You went in on your own in Disney reviewer mode, didn't you? Being super critical. You yeah, didn't probably, go in, probably. In, yeah, I didn't in go in fun mode. mode. Yeah, no. yeah. And but the annoying thing was is I couldn't actually sit with my daughter. So there was a cock up with my when I ordered I booked my ticket, because we booked them separately. And um basically the ticket that I, I the seat that I chose then got allocated to someone else. So I actually had to sit a row away from them, which is very annoying. Um, but they they Why loved it. Wouldn't this wouldn't this someone else move? And it was two people there, so no. Um, oh. It was quite busy actually. It was quite busy Saturday night, so there wasn't too much I could do. But it was what it was. But um, we bought her a new Arna dress from the film before she went in. Um, so she got dressed up for the night, and she loved it so much that they went back Sunday afternoon with uh, the grandma, the mother-in-law. And watched it again, just so she could wear the dress again, and absolutely loved it. So that's what it's all about. That, exactly, and, and that's it. That's and what I, this film is all about. I did say on my review that I, you know, I'm, I know I'm not the target audience for this, but what I will say is, 
is that I was probably too critical when I first reviewed it on, on Pop After Dark. Um, and it's it's not as bad as I... I didn't, I didn't say it was bad, but I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the first time. Now, um, it's opening weekend. It brought in $127 million domestically, um, which is not the largest animated debut. Less than The Lion King, which is not being counted um, as an animation. I'm, I'm not sure if it was. It, it, I think you might be right, but um, Incredibles 2 has the biggest weekend opening for an animated film that made 180 million i think off the top of my head i've seen incredibles 2 twice and i still couldn't tell you what it was about it's it's the same as incredibles 1 but the roles reversed that's all it is yeah it's it's basically dad's babysitting for an hour and a half yeah it's not it's not a good sequel um but it is the um it's the largest opening uh, animated opening outside of the summer window which is when the incredibles came out um, and a record animated opening for the month of November. Fifth largest November opening of all time, beating the Deathly Hollows Part 1. Um, uh, that movie and... was just a shit film about camping. <laughs> part 1. Part 1 is just totally pointless. Yeah, it's not It's not great, is it? Um, but, uh, yeah, globally... 350 million in its its opening weekend. So that was that was last weekend. Um its second weekend, which was Thanksgiving, so it was a you know a big weekend, it made another eighty-five point three million dollars, which means in twelve days it's made seven hundred and thirty-nine million globally. Jesus. So I mean, we knew it was gonna be big, but so I mean, you know, we were like is it? Gonna, I think. I think the first Frozen made. I think it was one point two, or something. Yeah. It was just. It was. It was over a billion. Yeah, um, it's one point two or one point four. Something yeah. like that. Definitely. Very so, that. Yeah, and it's it's already done seven hundred and thirty nine. Now, we've got Star Wars coming out. We've got Jumanji coming out. Um, we've got Cats coming out. So there's some. <laughs> There's, there's two big films and there's cats <laughs> the, coming the, out. The, yeah, there's two big films and a film. <laughs> um, but you know that that's another another couple of weeks before they come out. So it's still got another few weeks. Plus, as well, it's going to be do you think, um, Christmas. Do you think Dame Judy Jen Dench will shit in the litter tray. I, if they don't, I'm asking for my money back. Exactly. Is she at the age now where she's just agreeing to do stuff and they're just like, come on, Judy. We're put not, the, we're not entirely sure. We're not entirely, entirely sure why. Um, Everyone wants to see your camel toe. Go for it. <laughs> uh, Jumanji, Jumanji 2 uh, comes out on the third team. So that's actually coming out a bit quicker than I expected. I'm going so, to project. Um, I'm going to what, predict why is that Jumanji going against Star Wars? 2 is going to be a Crazy, flop. It? It's going to be a flop, mate. What is Jumanji? Jumanji two. Jumanji one was amazing. Don't get me wrong; it's a fantastic film. I just think they brought this out, as Ryan has just said, at the absolute wrong time. You and say it's going that. To suffer. You say that, but you've got to remember the first Jumanji or New Manji or whatever you want to call it came out. Uh, I think the week before the Last Jedi came out. And is it really? Yeah, and it actually. Uh, it lasted longer in the top 10 than okay, the last year I did. So I think that's why they're doing it because it was counter programming and it worked last time. And the thing is, they are talking that this is 
um, going to rival the Force Awakens for opening, like, you know, advanced ticket sales are through the roof. Um, you know, The Rise of Skywalker is going to be a huge film, but I think don't underestimate the power of Jumanji is what I'm saying. And it's going to, and it's going to eat up because it's the same age group. It's going to eat up some of the frozen uh, audience as well. But is it the same age group? I think a lot of the frozen frozen, uh, audiences, Jumanji aside, or, you know, there's a lot of obviously uh, young kids that are huge fans of Olaf, Anna and Elsa, but then you get all of the young kids that are massive fans of Ray in particular, I think is a, is a real kind of shining light to especially young girls in, in, in that universe. So I think that when Star Wars comes out, Frozen will lose a lot of momentum. Yeah, but then Frozen would have been out for, you know, almost four weeks. Months, I point. suppose, yeah. So, you know, that that's fine. I mean, I think, you know, they Disney always release a, an animated film around Thanksgiving. Um, so there's nothing unusual with this. And look, said it's done 739 million in, in 12 days. They want it to top the first film because they always want the sequel to outperform the first one. Um, you know, a- another, another two weeks, you know, e- even if you say like that money goes down by 40% week on week, that's going to break a billion dollars before Star Wars comes out. Oh, it will definitely do a billion. So, you know, well, job done as I far have, as I'm concerned. Ryan's got no interest in seeing it, correct? Uh, not at the cinema. I will see. It. I mean, I, my sister wants to go and see it with me, but it's just December is a real pain in the ass month to get to do anything because it's so busy. The thing is, I, like, I haven't seen it. Your kids have though, haven't they? Um, my girls and my wife have seen it, and all of them loved it. Um, our niece Rose, she's three. She's seen it twice, and she absolutely adored it. So I'm quite happy to take our Rose. I haven't seen it yet. The thing is, it's it's different for most of us, right? Because you, you know, Ryan, if you go and see it with your sister, or if Craig goes and and takes his niece and see it, you're paying, you know, whatever the cinema prices are where you are. And, you know, it does fluctuate where you are in the country. But, you know, I've seen it twice and I've got an unlimited card. So it's not cost me anything to go and see it. So, you know, it's a lot easier for me to go, right, well, I'm going to go and watch it because I've technically already paid in advance for it anyway. So it's not cost me anything on top. But for you to go and see it, that could be like a good 10, 15 quid for you to go and see Frozen. So do you like Three it quid that much? <laughs> okay, fair enough. But do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you've, you've, you're going to be paying out for it. So, yeah, I, I went to see the first one. Um, I think twice at the cinema. I do, I, I do want to go and see Frozen Two, but it's it, it's just December is a real time issue for me. Now, the only thing which actually I meant to say during the part news is that because the new films come out, they've changed the meet and greet uh, for yes. Anna and Elsa. And that's a massive spoiler if you haven't seen Frozen 2. Well, when you say spoiler, the, the two characters aren't telling you the plot. They've just changed their wardrobe. Yes, but the wardrobe gives away the plot. I haven't seen the plot, but based on 
um, the outfits, I could guess and probably accurately guess. I'm not going to do so just because of spoilers. I could probably accurately guess what happens. Yeah, and, and I could I could I could guess the same. Um, also, do both princesses have extensive plastic surgery in Frozen Two, so they don't look like the originals? Because. Because the princesses I've seen in the parks look like they've been hit by the ugly friggin' Jean. I would I would say that's incredibly rude, Greg. However, as will be discussed on the next episode of Discover DLP, we had the most un-Cinderella looking Cinderella I've ever seen in my <laughs> life at our character what? breakfast. So and, and and that that so that's not a dig at the, the two beautiful frozen princesses. It's a dig at characters in general. The face characters are getting worse. It's, yeah, it's, you've got to find a fine balance between uh, finding people that can perform the characters and finding people that look like the characters. And even though the hair for the characters are... Is Is a wig? Yeah, but what I mean is, is that, you know, you can put somebody in an Elsa wig and you can immediately tell who that person is supposed to be. But the hairstyles are quite iconic for the characters. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think the princess, any of the princess um, face characters, are as bad as you know what we got with Star Lord, for example. But I, I do I do get your point. And to be to be completely fair, Craig, when I went to see Frozen Two because it was opening weekend. Um, my local cinema had hired um, two actresses to play Anna and oh, Elsa, so you could go and meet oh them. And they were awful. <laughs> they were re- the costumes are great, but they were awful. Like the the acting, the look of them, no, 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 no. no. All so, right, man, let it go, let it go. I can't yeah. believe just because I was in Essex, that's what you think. Um, but yeah, so. So there is that. So you know, all, all I'm all I'm trying to say as well is that you know, if you're going to Disney recently uh, soon, and you haven't seen Frozen Two, try and see it before you go to Disney, or you you are going to get that film spot for you. So, right, um, okay. So Frozen One and Frozen Two, we don't know obviously how Frozen Two ends in finances, but surely these two are the biggest films. You know, do you know what I mean? In the it, the biggest franchise in cartoons, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're they're certainly up there. Despicable Me is probably the only thing that's coming close to it right now. Um, within, and Toy within, Story, actually, Toy Story as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got yeah. Toy Story. Toy Story yeah. probably beats it just, but Toy Story has got an extensive um, representation in the parks. Yeah. Frozen has got a manky Norway ride and a couple yeah, but, of dodgy meet and greets. Right, but that's that's there, isn't it? Because the other parks are getting bigger frozen lands. You know, I, I was talking to um, one of the school mums that had a school run this afternoon. School mum. All the kids had seen it this weekend. So, like, Alice's friends had seen it this weekend as well. And um, I was talking about how successful this had been. And she said to me, oh, does that mean there's going to be a frozen free? And I said, well, I said, they've not announced there'll be a Frozen 3. I said, but, I said, there's two things I think will happen. One, there'll be more specials. So they had, you know, Frozen has technically had two specials, although one was only about seven minutes long. Um, But there's definitely going to be another Frozen 
animated short, I guess, for next Christmas. Again, they haven't announced it, but I'll be shocked if we don't get one um, because it's just another way of keeping the brand alive and selling, you know, flogging some DVDs in time for Christmas. Um, but they've also got these new lands that are being built. And the Paris one is going to be uh, another two years, I think, before that opens. I'm not sure when the Hong Kong one opens. But, you know, say it opens in 2022, you know, Frozen 2 by that point will be what, three years old. It's time for another movie. So, oh, Frozen uh, I, 3, based on the performance, it's on the way. It's got to be. It's got to be. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, so what theme park do you put it in, in Magic Kingdom? In, in Walt Disney World, sorry. Sorry, in Epcot. Um, I, I, uh, I would, I would try and put them in Magic Kingdom, I think, particularly in Fantasyland. Um, I don't know where, I don't know if if there's any expansion pads available around there, but, um, that is where they should be. That is where they should be. Paris is a bit of a different story because... They're putting them in the studios, and the studios is kind of supposed to be more based around films. So I, I kind of get the the logic of doing that. Um, and there's no room for them to go in Hollywood studios. Otherwise, that's where I'd suggest it could go as well. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, if you could put them anywhere, Fantasyland would be the the obvious pick for me. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. So yeah, really, really successful. Um, at the same time, if you don't fancy going to see Frozen Two, go and see Knives Out. Something else I've reviewed on Pop After Dark because that is uh, one of my favourite film uh, experiences I've seen this year. So that's uh, that. That's good counter programming. That's the complete opposite audience for uh, for Frozen Two. Um, and I think just before we we wrap up. Um, the only other thing I wanted to kind of discuss is uh, the continued excellence of The Mandalorian. <gasps> oh, it is fantastic. I mean, it's the, best, it's... the best thing Disney's done with Star Wars since taking it over. And I, I mean, I'm Dave Filoni, big... promote that motherfucking man. Well, I mean, he, he needs to be the Kevin Feige, right? Of Star Wars. Well, the rumour is that... Um, it's going to be him and uh, what's his name, John Favreau. Um, that's the biggest rumor right now is that Kathleen Kennedy is going to be stepping down, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni will be taking the joint role um, that is currently held for Marvel I mean, by, by Feige. I, I would Give love that. Me. I would love that. Um, I mean, I I'm a big apologist for the Last Jedi. Again, after initially being against it when I first saw it, you know, when I've gone back and rewatched it, I actually enjoy it more and more every time. And actually, The Force Awakens uh, less and less the more I see it. Um, but I, I like what Disney's done with the Star Wars franchise. I'm one of those guys. But oh, so am I. The Mandalorian, as you say, is is just next level. Um, the the thing the thing for I mean, this is the the, the new trilogy of films. So Nick, me. We were the original trilogy of films. Ryan just is is the second trilogy of films. Yeah, that was the prequels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But this trilogy of films, there's something strange has gone on. And there's so much out there now for the children of today that it does like my two nephews couldn't give a flying fuck about Star Wars. And they're both eight. And they are the prime demographic for Star Wars. Because when you were eight, Nick, you were losing your shit watching Star Wars every yeah, but, weekend. But they but you know what? I think that's why. And I think it's Just, I think it's wrong what I'm gonna say. So I'm not saying this is this is what I believe, and I, and I don't agree with this at all. But I think because this series has focused so much on a female lead. No, I don't buy that. No, I, d- I do because I, unfortunately, I think there's too much noise out there now. But there's too much everything. No, so no, no, when, no, because when, there's there's always been noise. There's always no, been noise. There hasn't. What, what's, of when has. you when you were watching. The original Star Wars, it was because your dad went into Virgin in London and bought the VHS and you played it to death. You had four channels, HMV, okay. You played it to death. You had four channels. You had your Saturday morning swap shop or what, I can't, what come after that? Going live. Go, go, yeah. And that was about it because then Grandstand come on or whatever. Now you've yeah, you're got... talking. About, you're talking about one day a week. Like at, at that time, yeah, exactly. at that time, no, at that point. time, at that now time, you got... had kids' TV every every day. So that's nonsense. I mean, at no, the same no, time no. that I was obsessed with Star Wars, I was also obsessed with He Man, Ghostbusters, Thundercats, Beetlejuice. Yeah, Turtles, I mean, I, I, I grew up on Sky, like yeah. a thousand channels, lots of like twenty t- kids' TV shows. Right, so you're um, Power Rangers growing grew, up uh, with. Okay, but I like the kids now grow up, have grown up with Sky, Netflix, every other streaming service that's out there, iPads, Roblox, no, Minecraft. I'll tell you what it is, Greg. Right? I've just figured out what it is. It's Marvel. <laughs> now, um, as Ryan, no, as Ryan, as Ryan said, they, they couldn't give a shit about thought, Marvel either. Well, then they're, they're saying wrong with those kids. When Ryan, <laughs> when me and Ryan were still, you know. <laughs> kind of that age you know we had the x-men cartoon with the spider-man cartoon um and that was really kind of it you know we had comic access to comics but now you've got proper really good quality comic book films loads of them um and that's where the merchandise goes i mean craig you you must remember this as well and ryan certainly does like going into toys r us and going down the action figure aisle and if there was a film there was a toy line for it yeah definitely Mm, right you don't get that now because but kids also, do not play with toys as much as they used to. And and the toys they do make are so bloody expensive. You know, when we were buying Star Wars figures or when I was buying Star Wars figures in like the, the 80s and 90s, I was paying less than five quid a figure. Now, even like the, the three and three quarter inches, which they've just cancelled after 40 years, um, they are now like over a tenner a pop. And also back then, money was a lot more scarce it was so you didn't get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds spent on you your nan wouldn't have spent 600 pounds on you like some of the nans do in this world now not a million miles away from where i live i i think getting back to the getting back to the point i think um i think nick does have a point on the 
girls being more Star. Disney have done a great job of getting girls into Star Wars. Like when I was in Galaxy's Edge, I saw a lot more girls like dressed up as Rey than I saw boys dressed up as Jedi or, or anything like that. And I think, I think that Disney, like what young, what character is a young boy wanting to be right now in, in the Star Wars franchise in the main movies, in the most recent three movies? Finn? Yeah. I don't think so. Kylo Ren? Yeah, yeah, Kylo Ren for sure. But I like, like a good guy. I don't even know oh, which one no. Finn is. Jeez. Is he the Finn's storm the ex, ex troop? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like no one cares about him. Shit no one cares out. about like Poe. Poe's just a wanker who thinks he's cool. No, yeah. um, Poe is Poe's new Han Solo. But the thing Poe is, is because... fucking named after the telly, Toby. <laughs> the thing is, because the 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 main character in these films is Rain, it's about her journey. I don't yeah. think it's it's appealed to boys in the same way. And and Ryan's spot on in that I think. Disney did that on purpose because the one thing that Star Wars always lacked was the female demographic. Women have always yeah, liked okay, Star Wars, so... right? But it's not been, it, you know, it, it's been a, a small group of. And what they've done with having a, a main female character is they've tried to appeal to that audience. And I think it, it was deserved and it was the right thing to do. But I think as well as that, it's also alienated some people as well. And I'm not talking about social justice warriors and idiots that sit behind keyboards complaining on Twitter. I'm just, I'm talking about kids watching it because we're they do. Like, you, ben. We're we wanted you. to be, we wanted to be when we were growing up, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Yeah, there is no, like, there is no um, Jedi, male Jedi equivalent that a boy can be. And I'm not saying that that's, Bad decision on Disney's part because I think what they've done with the movies is fantastic. But I think growing growing up as a as a young boy versus when I was a young boy, I wanted to you know I wanted to be Obi Wan in in a prequel trilogy, and, and yeah. then I very quickly realised that actually in reality I want to be General yeah, Grievous. But, but in the <laughs> don't we all in the original Star Wars Episode Four and New Hope, Princess Leia's got bigger bollocks than all the boys in it. She has, but she's not the main focus. And that's the thing, like, women in Star Wars, I think, have always been fairly well written, but still the main focus, it was Luke's journey. It wasn't Leia's journey, it was Luke's journey. That's that's who he was doing. And, and Han Solo was the cool kid that you really wanted to be, but you knew you was more Luke Skywalker than Han Solo, because you were never that going to be that cool. But Princess Leia was a good character, but she was not the focal point. Ray's now the focal point. This is the first Star Wars trilogy where a woman has been the focal point. And I don't think kids, especially kids, are relating to it in the same way. Um, not boys anyway. And I think that's that's a sad thing because she's a, a fantastically written character and a well-acted character, but it's not who they want to be. Boys don't want to be Ray. And as Ryan said, probably the closest thing they want to be is Kylo Ren. And no, he wants to be I, one emo kid. I agree with that. I mean, I agree. Massive Star Wars fan. She won't sit down and watch the cartoons, which kills me because I'm desperate to watch the cartoons because they're all part of the canon. And oh, and, and honestly, Clone Wars is phenomenal. I'm rewatching it at the moment and you can see, in fact, the, the most recent Mandalorian episode, no, no spoilers, is a complete rip-off, in, in a good way, of uh, one of the Clone Wars TV show episodes. 
Like, it's almost scene for scene. But going back to what we were originally talking about with The Mandalorian, um, you know, it, it's been so far fantastic. We're only four episodes in, right? But every episode, I think, has kind of improved a bit in terms of quality, in terms of the story. Um, the only, th- like, I'm watching it with with my wife, and she, I thought she'd have no interest in it at all. So I started watching it by myself, and as I saw in the last episode, she, she said, oh, no, I actually want to watch this with you. And she's really enjoying it, but she said, oh, nothing really happened in this because it was basically like you'd gone to a planet and stuff had happened, so you had to do stuff, and then, and then that was it. And I was like, I've got no problem with that. That's that's brilliant to me. Like, I'm, it's almost like The Littlest Hobo or something, in a way. Well, you know, like, it, or The Incredible Hulk, 70s. It clicked with me the other day, and The Mandalorian is basically John Wick in space. Brilliant. John Wick is in space. Oh no, John Wick's not in space. That's uh, well, he's, he's not. He's not yet. But is it John Carter? John, yeah, John Carter. John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, John Carter. John Wick. John Wick John... Four is set in space, but that's not come out yet. Um, but that's not a bad analogy, Ryan. Actually, but what, in, in a, what, like I'm not criticizing it. It's brilliant in that respect. But what the but, thing is, what the Mandalorian's already done in four episodes is what Star Wars has failed to do in two films. And I'm talking, I know it's been more Star Wars films, but I'm talking about series. And that is they've created a character so likeable that it's become an internet sensation. We've not had well, that. Not even with, just that. Like, I, th- I think the Mandalorian, or, I? the Mandalorian himself is like, you're really starting to get into the, the, the backstory of him and what happened to him and, and we, more we, details we about haven't the armor seen... and... We haven't seen his face yet at all. I but don't the way think we he, will. I, the way he expresses himself is mm. absolutely phenomenal, just through that mask. Um, yeah, think... how can you care about so, so some uh, someone's like be that in in like engrossed in their story in such a way that you, you don't even care about their face? It's got to that point where like it's just brilliant. You don't need to see it. But the thing is, that's exactly like. Um, what they did with the Dread film a few years ago with Carl Urban. But the big problem with the, the Sylvester Sloan film is that you, he had his mask off or his helmet off for like most of the film. And Dread never did that in the comics. But that 2012 Dread film, Carl Urban is under that, under that um, helmet the entire time. And he's brilliant in it. And you care about him and, you know, he acts with his mouth. It's brilliant. Um, the Mandalorian doesn't even have that. But what I think has been great about the Mandalorian is it's starting to answer questions that we didn't know. So obviously mm-hmm. we never saw Boba Fett with his mask off, his helmet off. We saw Django with his his helmet off. Well, they're not they're not Mandalorians. The armor's stolen. In in, what, in the case of Boba and Django, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, they're not they're not Mandalorians. Yeah, so that's like a culture um, thing. So yeah, so the only reason I know that is because that's covered in the in the Clone Wars TV show, right? Um, but you know, kind of filling in these gaps, I think is is brilliant. Oh, it's amazing. Um, that, as I said, like Yoda has bec- baby Yoda has become a, a pop sensation. It's not even his name, um, but he's become I've, huge. I've shared, I've shared tonight in Diz After Dark's Facebook group a knitted version of him. Oh yeah, people have done three D printed versions of him. 
And I won, um, I won the Nissan. And how, how is it? Brilliant. Looks, how is it? How, how is it that Disney have put out the shittest merchandise you've ever seen? <laughs> I mean, Disney have basically just created a cafe press site, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so shit. I mean, they, Disney, they're they so said, big, Disney. It takes them two months, two years to, to turn the Titanic past the iceberg. And by the time Disney catch up, they've generally fucking missed the boat. Yeah, Do you it's want, already been sold on Etsy. Do I mean, you want some spoilers, though, for Mandalorian Season 2? We're all talking about the Mandalorian. It's not out in the UK. Figure it out, Disney. Fuck off. Do you want some spoilers for Season 2 of the Mandalorian? Um, yeah, your books are vacuum cleaner. So, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, who's obviously doing the rounds at the moment because of Knives Out, um, and, and who I want to come back to Star Wars Universe based on that film alone, um, he uh, was talking about the fact that he got invited to the set of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. He got to see Baby Yoda on set and was like talking about how adorable it was. The problem with that is that he had visited the set recently and anyone that knows what's going on knows that that is when they're filming season two. Mm. So Baby Yoda ain't going nowhere, is basically what I'm saying. I hope that we find out that that it's it's not a clone. I hope that that we find out that it's, it's very much like a tribal species thing, that they have that connection with the Force. Yeah. I hope they just don't go down the clone route like every fucking time. Yeah, they've got to do something different. They've got to do something different. But regardless, the season's been great so far. Um, I'm already looking forward to, to the second season. God knows when it'll come out. How many episodes is, is the season, sorry? Ten? Uh, yeah, it's about that, isn't it? It finishes yeah. like end of the like early January, I think. No, it finishes at uh, Christmas. Uh, I think it's like the 27th is the last episode or something, December. Oh, is it? Ish. Yeah, I knew it was like there's, late there's December a couple of There's a couple of weeks, or, or there's certainly a week where they're showing two episodes in the same week. Like they did it at Oh, the okay, that's why then, yeah. Yeah, so it catches up. Um, and they've moved the, the week and uh, the new Star Wars film comes out, Mandalorian comes out early. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't okay. clash. Now, how do they quantify? This this is what puzzles me, right? If if this was on the telly or whatever, DVD sales, how how did he know that they're making money on this? Well, they're, they're getting like a million new subscribers or something. Like, I don't know if it was every week or every day. It was something insane. Like, yeah, the, wow. Disney, I'm absolutely rinsing it. And let's be honest, most of the content on there is all shit that we've seen before. Um you know, granted, some of it's great and it's good to revisit these things, but people are going to leave unless they see these shows. So I think that they've got to keep investing in in the quality and of like the likes of the Mandalorian and the Marvel shows that are on the way. But other stuff as well, like Jeff Goldblum's been great, and Jeff that's Goldblum's been great. The Imagineering story's been great. Imagineering story is probably, you know, what it's probably my favourite thing on there at the minute. At the end of episode one, I cried. I, I, I was in like Donna and I were in tears. And I knew I wasn't. I wasn't, but that's because I knew because everyone had told me that they cried at it. (laughs) So I was preparing myself. But um, another thing on the Mandalorian before we wrap up is that it has now overtaken Stranger Things as the most uh, streamed show this year. And it 
and it's not even out in after fucking world. They, I read I read something stupid like it had been the the first episode of Mandalorian had been uh, viewed more than like 120 million times or something stupid like that. It was it was some completely ridiculous figure. Um, and the thing is, right, in terms of when, season, when season one completes, you will be able to buy that on iTunes. They're not soft. Of course, and they'll, be will, out, they'll be out on Blu-ray. Yeah, time for uh, full of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So if you're if you're not watching the Mandalorian, you're you're missing out hugely. Um, so I just felt we should we should uh, touch on that as well. But before we wrap up, is there anything else that we haven't covered off? I just love you, Nick. I love you too, but I don't want to say that publicly. So I'll, I'll say that to you after we finish recording. Okay. Um, I, I love you too, Ryan. I think Ryan's fainted. I don't blame him. So, um, we've, I think, I think we've, we've covered enough off. So, uh, let's wrap this episode up. And as Craig said, there will be another episode out before the rise of Skywalker. So if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. So don't miss out on it. And we'll be back with another episode of this after dark very soon. I love you too, listeners. Yeah, but who'd you love more? You. Yeah, it's what I love. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Can't get enough, can't get enough! He's the one, two, This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.